Hey everyone, thank you for tuning into this episode. It's going to be a little bit different than previous episodes that we've had, that I've had, um, because I am doing a one-woman show. I had a few interviews lined up that were obviously thrown to the wayside due to COVID and um, social distancing and, you know, just whatever's going on. So I figured I'd take this one on on my own and I'm going to talk about, bet you can guess, COVID-19. So... I am really hopeful that you guys are healthy and taking care of yourself, being safe and considering the safety of others, um, which I know I know that most of you are, that all of you are. Uh, so I just want to mention that the date that I am recording this episode is March 28th, 2020. And it's important that I let you guys know that because things are rapidly changing, right? So there's bound to be something in this episode regarding covid that either I did or did not cover that will change in the upcoming week. So right now, I'm using the information and the resources that I have at hand currently. So the main resource that I'm relying on is the World Health Organization. So if you're saying to yourself, I wonder where Paige pulled this from, well, there you have it. I can't make this stuff up, folks. And if I could, I wouldn't. So we all know or should know by now how to prevent this. I'm not going to stand on my soapbox and preach about it here, A, because I don't have a soapbox and I don't even know where I would find such a thing, B, I'm pretty comfortable sitting here, and C, because that's not my job here, okay? My job is to educate and to bring light to different coping mechanisms that we can use during this time because whether we like it or not, we're here for it. We have to deal with this. We're living in this crazy time right now. And there's nothing that we can do to get away from it, but there are things that we can do to deal with it, to cope with it. So yeah, I never thought that I'd say that, but we're here for COVID-19. I know, at least for me, it started out as something that we could all joke about. You know, there were memes, there were jokes, which yes, they were funny and, you know, Uh, It was easy to laugh at them when you're not in such a high state of crisis as we are now. Um, It's dark to even say that out loud. Wow. So yeah, we are in that state of crisis now. And before that, probably about a month ago, I remember I was starting to feel worried. You know, it was kind of flying around in the air and I, I was hearing things about it, but not really sure what it was or you know, kind of probably the same situation that we were all going through, but I wasn't I wasn't sure what part of COVID that I was worried about because I didn't know a lot about it, but I just know that I had a lingering feeling of worry in the back of my mind. So I ended up bumping into one of my friends and I wanted to talk to someone about it, so gave him a try. Uh, he responded with you know, a sarcastic tone, the whole thing is blown out of proportion, people are ridiculous, and there's nothing to worry about, you know, this is, this is all, this is, this is just, this is crazy talk, this is just hearsay, just don't worry about it, keep on living your life, so, you know, again, this is in the beginning stages, so I laughed with them, and it did help me in the moment, because I had a sense of relief, a sense that there was nothing to worry about, you know, so, went on with my day and everything, everything was fine. You know, that, that, that conversation really did help me in that moment. But fast forward to today 
and that same person has COVID. So, you know, this is just one example of how things can change so quickly, something that we really don't have any control over. So not to say that this person's at fault or anything like that, just for thinking that it was, you know, just something that everyone was making a bigger deal out of. But it just shows how easy it is to get. I mean, it it really is. I know that we all know this. So um, it's just crazy how quick things change um, and how they're going to continue to change as we continue on this road. So what is COVID-19? So according to the World Health Organization, the original name for this virus is Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome. Acute I'm sorry, severe acute respiratory syndrome related coronavirus 19. So this information that I'm going to kind of go over right now, I found it really helpful. I was definitely a person that is, you know, typing in COVID-19 on my Google search and reading the first five articles that pull up or going on Twitter and seeing what people are talking about there. So there's a lot of information out there. I got this information from the World Health Organization. I really think that it kind of solidified everything that I was reading into one simple um, just explanation. So that's kind of why I want to share this with you guys. So that disease, the severe acute respiratory syndrome related coronavirus 19 is COVID-19. So what COVID actually is, is a hull around genetic material and a a few proteins. So it can only make more of itself by entering a living cell and may spread through surfaces. So the amount of time that it can live on the surfaces can vary. Um, I know that there was a lot of talk about Amazon packages and washing them off and cleaning off of your groceries before you bring them in your house and changing your clothes because if you wear clothes somewhere and then you sit on your own furniture, that is transferring. So it it can live on surfaces, which makes a whole nother scarier aspect to it. But, you know, taking those precautions that can ease the ease the fear. Its main spread, however, is through people. So if you're around someone who's coughing, around someone who's ill, and then you touch your face and you know, it's it's so interesting how often we touch touch our face. So just try spending one to two hours literally not touching your face, which is hard if you're the only one monitoring monitoring yourself, which this can go back to proving the point that we don't realize how often we touch our faces. But anyways, it's a lot. I've tried it a few times and I next thing I know I'm itching my nose or, you know, you, you don't even realize what you're doing. You really don't. And to that, I came across this YouTube video the other day. So uh, there is an experiment in which one of the child, one of the one of these children. Okay, so let me let me let me paint the picture for you. So there's a classroom, obviously filled with kids. Someone comes in and they want to do an experiment. So they put this glow powder on this one child's hands. Okay, and they say, "Go go about your day." Okay, so by the end of the day, they take the everybody leaves, they take a uh, black light and this powder is everywhere. It's all over the chairs, it's all over the surfaces. You know, it's everywhere so you can only imagine how quick it transferred to the kids and to the teacher and to really every person in the class in some way. Uh so there's an interview 
after with the teacher and the teacher said that she made a conscious effort not to touch her face throughout the entire day. She said, I didn't touch my face. I promise. I really think I did a good job. What do you think happened? The black light is shined on her and her face is completely covered with the dust, the, with the glow dust. So it was, it was so interesting. And I, I think that something about that video really clicked with me. I think that I, you know, I was kind of someone like, yeah, okay, okay you know, like I, well, you wash your hands, that's great, but I don't touch my face. So what does that matter? I don't, you know, like I had this unusual trust in myself that I, you know, but no, you touch your face a lot. So be really cognizant of that. And maybe you can have a fun experiment with yourself or if you're quarantining with someone else you guys can kind of monitor each other and see what's going on but it was really interesting so I encourage you to either watch the video or you know try it out do both or do none I'll never I'll never know either way so uh yeah back to the good stuff so COVID enters the body through your eyes nose mouth and then it will take a trip down to your lungs as we know, spleen or intestines, which I didn't know that those were some other organs that it affects, but it gets there um, where obviously that's where it's having the most dramatic effect. So once the virus attaches to the cell, the cell becomes infected and the virus is able to take over the inner working of the cell while executing new instructions, which are simple, copy and reassemble. With that, it fills up with more and more copies of the original virus until it reaches a critical point and receives one final order, which is to self-destruct. After about 10 days, millions of cells are infected, billions of viruses forming the lungs. This virus has not caused too much damage yet at this point, but then it can attack the immune system. As the immune cells pour into our lungs to fight the virus, COVID infects some of them and creates utter confusion. COVID cells then cause these cells to overreact, which puts the immune system into a fighting frenzy. They're sending out way more cells than they're needed, wasting them, causing further damage. Therefore, it is really important to take precaution around people with the autoimmune disorders. I mean, it's going to be a lot harder for their immune system to recover. Although many cases are severe or even critical, the majority of the people infected by COVID will get through it with relatively mild symptoms. So kind of back to um, the individual that I know that does have COVID, he was explaining that his main symptoms were fatigue and a really high fever. So he wasn't really able to lift his head off of the pillow and he wasn't getting out of bed for like three days and it was it was really hard for him to do anything. Really big loss of appetite, just loss of energy, uh, shortness of breath, like uh, raspy, raspy kind of voice, which I am no stranger to. Um, but yeah, and he he had a high temperature, and then a week into it, he had a lower temperature than what he what the normal temperature was. I think he had like a 96 point something. So that was making him feel kind of lightheaded. But I mean, pushing through. So that was one of the cases that are, you know, you're kind of getting through it with relatively mild symptoms. He wasn't really having any of the coughing or anything like that. Um, But so that's just one example that I know with the relatively mild symptoms. But then 
like I just stated, you need to be obviously more cognizant um, if you do have an autoimmune disorder or if you're around someone that does, um, as obviously it's going to be a little bit different for them. So yes, so that is some education surrounding COVID. Hope it was helpful. Uh, because of COVID, you know, we're feeling like we have no control over things. I think I would assume that some of you are feeling like that. And if you don't, tell me your secrets. <laughs> uh, so yeah, because of that, anxiety tends to rise during unprecedented events such as this pandemic, feelings of helplessness, powerlessness, fear, panic can arise. And some people can take these emotions and bring them to the forefront by doing what they can control. So assuring that there is enough food and paper products. So when you're hearing of these people that are hoarding the toilet paper and wiping the shelves clean of soap and cleaning products, their perspective pretty much is, I feel so out of control. I'm scared. I'm helpless. There is no power here. I'm panicking. So I need to turn to one thing that I can control, which pretty much is going to be getting enough resources that you need. So that perspective is I can control the fact that I will have all that I need. If I'm unable to leave my house due to this virus, I can I can control how much I have, but I can't control what's surrounding the virus. So just kind of having that mindset can bring people into this kind of frenzy that we've seen. You know, these people are doing what they're doing because of that. And it is a normal reaction. Almost everybody is having at least one of those feelings that I just listed and and then some, you know. So when you when you're getting those feelings, what are what are some things that we can do to cope with what's going on right now? You know, so I know that everybody has their own type of what what they do for self-care to kind of de-escalate themselves from any feelings that they have. So is it humor? Are we using humor? Reaching out for support or some type of connection, meditating, reading affirmations, some coping mechanisms that we have to use are we can keep a journal to express our feelings. We can focus on the present, the positive, the things that we can control. So try to create a daily routine for yourself to stay active, making a to-do list of things that you've always wanted to complete and increasing self-care physically by working out or doing stress-free activities Social media is huge, so make sure that you're following pages on social media that, you know, these pages and people are people that are promoting mental and physical awareness, not anybody that is kind of bringing you down every time that you go to their page. I I know that we all have those people or, you know, sites that we see that we kind of just go to to annoy ourselves. Don't do that at this point, you know. Um, there's enough going on. So stay connected with family and friends through video chat or reach out to a professional to seek further support if needed. And you guys remember that we're not in this alone. We're all in this together. So I know for me, um, the video like Zoom video chat has really been a lifesaver. I'll get together with my girlfriends and there's this app called House Party. So we actually just did it last night. So you can download the app and everybody goes into it. And there's a version of the game called Chips and Guac. So it's like Cards Against Humanity pretty much. So 
it was really fun. That was really fun. There's also like a drawing game and finish the lyrics. So, you know, you kind of forget what's going on when you're just laughing and you're seeing your friends, even if it is on your computer screen, you know, it's, there's something about it. And I think that something about it is having that social ability and that connection with people that you're kind of missing, you know, it's, it's really not the same. Um, but we can, we can try to get as close to the same as, as we can during this time, you know? So I know that we're all doing the best that we can. Um, and that's, that's all that we need to do. The next right thing, just keep doing the next right thing. Um, I get that from Glennon Doyle. So Glennon, Glennon Doyle is one of my inspirations on my self-care and personal growth journey. So if you guys want to check her out, she, she wrote the book Love Warrior, which is really amazing. And then she just wrote another book called Untamed, which came out on April, March 10th, which is still sitting in my kitchen unopened almost a month later. So I should probably get to that. But yeah, so that's even another kind of example, just surrounding, even, even surrounding yourself with people that inspire you, read their books, you know, listen to their TED Talks or whatever they have going on. Keep bringing them into your life to give you that, to raise your frequency, to get to that higher vibration. You know, it's it's really important. So speaking of higher vibration, meditation. Okay, so meditation is also something that we should really be utilizing during these times just because the fact is that our minds are going a million miles a minute right now. We are, there's, we're getting overload of information. There's a lot going on. Um, emotions are a lot higher. So getting upset at something that you usually wouldn't get upset at or reading into something that you usually really wouldn't care that much about, that's starting to happen. I know at least it's happening with me. I tried to deny it was happening once I recognize that's what's going on, I think it kind of gives you the kind of like, okay, I, you know, I, I, I understand why this is happening and you can kind of give yourself that grace. Um, so I've really been able to do that through meditation, which I'm not going to lie. This is something that I've personally struggled with in the past because I always find myself getting caught up in the dialogue of my own mind. So I'm sitting there, I'm really trying to focus and whether it's a guided meditation, I'm really trying to, you know, I have a distracting thought that comes in my head like, you know, what what am I going to eat later? What am, just something that's crazy. And then that's all that it takes to distract you and pull you away from it. So I've always heard that the more that you do it, the easier and more natural it becomes. So I guess that's why it's called a practice, huh? Um, but it's true. I mean, it it definitely is taking like a lot of discipline for me. I can proudly say that I'm on a streak now, five days in a row. Thank you very much. But you know, you have to make that time to do it and you have to want to do it. And I think that what's keeping me personally going on it is that I'm feeling the change. I'm feeling that I could be on at a 10 and I could be just really, really escalated emotionally. And then I'll either meditate or if I did earlier, I'll kind of just take a breath and remember what the message was that um, I got during my meditation. That will usually kind of bring me down, 
you know, at least a five, you know? So, um, yeah, so that's a really big, big self-care activity that can be done. And meditation is really important because it can reduce stress, which can improve our immune system. So, which is heavily important right now is being healthy, you know, getting the right rest. And I know some people are talking about taking vitamin C, whatever your vitamin ritual is, keep it up, start one, whatever you want to do with that. Um, But it can really improve your immune system. And as you continue to meditate, it'll get easier. And it will also become easier to approach every situation that you're in from a more loving and peaceful perspective of your true self. So one, and it's so funny because we have this right, we, I'm doing it right now. So one of the easiest, most effective tools that we have to immediately use to reach this kind of calm, loving, peaceful perspective and to get into that state when we're feeling triggered or stressed or overwhelmed is breathing breathing. We do it all day. We literally do. That's why we're alive is because we're breathing. So if we can get into just doing really good breath work and taking that big deep breath when you're starting to feel your anxiety. So however that is, so if if your anxiety comes in your throat and you're starting to get choked up and not really being able to swallow and now you feel like you really can't breathe and you know, or maybe your anxiety is in your heart, your heart's racing, your heart's racing either the minute you put your head to the pillow or the minute that you open your eyes, there it is. It's it's right there waiting for you. So doing that breath work, so really just taking a really deep breath through your nose and inhaling a little bit more when you're at the top and doing that loud really releasing exhale is really important. And that in itself is taking your mind away from whatever you're thinking about because you're focusing on breathing. You're focusing on taking that really big inhale and then taking even more in and really getting everything out once you're exhaling. So I know that something that I do when I'm doing breath work is I'm imagining like a like a white platinum light that just is beaming right at me and you know coming right in through my nose and down into my throat and into my lungs and I'm seeing my lungs just get bigger you know and really fill up and then I can see all of the light go through my body I can see it go from my shoulders down my arm to my elbow, my forearm, into my fingers. I really feel that light inside of me from my breath. Um, Really focusing on it can really take you away from what you don't want to focus on, those irrational thoughts that are in your head. Um, So I think that that meditation is is important, at least for me. Um, So obviously I want to kind of let you guys know. I mean, I'm human too. I've been through this before. You know, I'll put it off. I won't do it. And procrastination is some people's best friend, but really it doesn't get you where you want to be in the end. So pulling the trigger and just going for it, that's kind of, that's kind of what I've learned to do. So another uh, self-care suggestion that I mentioned is telehealth. So that's kind of if you, if you're feeling, you know, like you can't really get through what you're doing with meditation or 
you know, going for walks or running or reaching out to friends and maybe you need something more, then reach out for support. Reach out for a professional to help. Um, Obviously, I am on the path to becoming a therapist, so I don't want to say that I'm biased because even before I was on this path, I really found therapy to be beneficial. So um, maybe I am biased. I don't, either way, um, it works for me. I know that it has worked for many people and it can, it really can if you just open, open yourself to it and, you know, learn about the process. And luckily telehealth is huge right now. So there's different apps out there that you can use. So there's better help and talk space. So those are the two main ones that I've kind of seen, you know, on Instagram ads and whatever the case may be. So all that you need to do to get enrolled in these these teletherapy, I'm getting too excited about this, in these teletherapy options is literally download the app, answer a questionnaire about what's happening in your life, you know, who, why are you reaching out for help? And they'll pair pair you with a therapist. So you can put, you know, the areas that you are struggling with. So literally anxiety, um, depression, you know, anything, anything from anxiety, depression, PTSD, they will work with you and pair you with a therapist. So from there, you can pick your session, your date, your time. The flexibility is great. I'm currently using BetterHelp. Yes, a mental health grad student seeking therapy. (laughs) But it's it's important um, for me. I have to do it because I need to make sure that I am filling myself, my cup, taking care of myself so that I can do that for others. So that doesn't, and it's not saying that therapists are the ones that should be using that and utilizing that because they are working with people. You guys are working with people every day too. You're talking to people. You're listening to people. There's a lot going on. Um, so even to this to the simplest things of asking your friend how their day was if you have your own things going on you really can't fully take in what your friend is reaching out to you for you know you, there's there's so much going on in your head that it's hard to stay present so i find that therapy really helps with that um so it's it's really important for me to have that outlet so with that with the apps, there is also an area to journal your thoughts, which can be or doesn't have to be shared with your therapist. Um, so, you know, if you, if you're more of like a technology person, you like to use your notes or text or whatever it is to get some thoughts out. If you use that as a journal, this is already set up in that app. So, um, I have had the times where three o'clock in the morning, I can't sleep and I'm writing in this journal and then I can think the next day, oh, do I want to share that with my therapist? And I mean, most of the time I will, um, but it's it's good to have that option. And then also with journaling, that's another thing that I think is people, a lot of people say to do it. And I have been the person that has started to journal before and then I'll find myself like, I'm just writing this for no reason. You know, I'm just, I'm literally just writing it to fill the page and I'm looking at the clock. When is this going to be done? It shouldn't be like that. So I stopped for a little bit because it wasn't working for me. But just the other night I was, you know, walking around my apartment in circles, not really sure what to do with myself. So I picked it up and I started writing and I flew through like five pages and I, I just, I just float, I just flowed with it, just went with it. So 
I think that that's something that you have to be ready for and in the mood for. Don't force it. Don't, I don't force any of this stuff. If you do, it's just going to feel like a task. And that's, we, that's the last thing we need. We don't need any more tasks to add to our list. Self-care is supposed to be about things to help you get away and kind of mentally escape from those tasks that we're doing. So, um, yeah, I do, I do recommend looking into telehealth options if feelings of depression or anxiety become too strong or you simply just want a non-judgmental person to talk to during this time. I am pretty sure that pricing varies depends on each person. There is a questionnaire about employment and um, I think I think student discount something there's there's some things like that too which you know you guys can look into if it's something that interests you so um yeah that's great so I I do want to share an experience that I had the other day so like I said I've been meditating I've been really trying hard to connect to my higher self right so I don't want to I so the I am an anxious person by nature. That's just me. I just have anxiety in me. Um, I try, I, I've been through therapy, you know, I know what works. I know what coping skills I can use and which I can't. I, I think that through a lot of it, it really has come down to just getting on a more positive level. So when I'm thinking positive, things kind of seem to happen for me, you know, the law of attraction, right? So I've been involving myself with Reiki healing. So Reiki is defined as a Japanese technique for stress reduction and relaxation that promotes healing. So it's essentially spiritually guided life force energy. Okay. So I can't speak for everybody. However, I have had amazing experiences and I have felt mentally and emotionally just clear and just, oh, just light and free after sessions. So yeah, it's it's great. So I my Reiki healer that I usually go to, she's doing Instagram lives now. So, um the practitioner told us at the end that spirit wanted to deliver a message to all of us and, you know, to really everybody. So I do want to share it with you because I think that from that, I think that really stuck with me. Um so the message was that we should be looking at this pandemic at the we should be looking at the way that this virus is spreading so quickly. One person can get it, um, spread it to hundreds of thousands. And then from there, as we're literally experiencing, you know, that's, that's what's happening. One person and then they see five people. I don't need to go into it. You guys know how it works, but it spreads quick and it spreads fast and it doesn't discriminate. It, it's going. It's fast before we can even catch it. So this is this is really an example of how we're all one and how we're really all connected to each other. So animals transferring the virus to humans, humans transferring it to each other. Thank the Lord above that we cannot transfer back to animals. Uh, I'm a huge animal lover, so that would just add another degree of anxiety for me. But this really shows that we're all one entity. With this, we can spread calm and joy to one another by helping each other out instead of being upset at each other. You know, during this time, emotions are running really high and there are a lot of options, which I can honestly say for me, it's hard to hear, um, you know, some opinions which we don't agree with. And, you know, you're getting, you're getting 
some people are believing, some people aren't, some are social distancing, some aren't, they have their reasons. It's like just so much. And I think that that's what is um, my infuriation the most, I think, with this. So really taking that and realizing that instead of getting so upset at this and whatever, that's not helping anything. But if I can spread this joy and, you know, calm then that will spread as quick as this virus can too. So I thought that that was really, really powerful. So like instead of getting on that low vibration of getting upset, rise above it. There can be no anxiety or aggression when you're operating on a higher vibration than someone who is bringing irritation to your life. It just can't happen. It's just not possible to have an argument. And without that argument, your irritating thoughts are gone. So really... Instead of getting on that person's level and, you know, getting on that low vibration, spread that joy, spread that compassion, that kind of forgiveness and get above it. Because once you're above it, you'll find that it doesn't bother you anymore what they're doing, you know, because you're, you're spreading that awareness to yourself and you're kind of letting it go. You know, we can only control what we can control in this situation. We have to remember that. Do what you can one day at a time, um, you know, the next right thing, like I, like I said, and well, like Glennon said, <laughs> that I really follow. Um, so another, another thing that really sticks with me that Glennon Doyle has said is just to keep doing the next hard, like, or we, we can do hard things. So if you guys don't follow her on Instagram, you should. She has a lot of videos that she posts, but she keeps saying, we can do hard things. We can do hard things. And there was a picture that she shared of all of these nurses, you know, in their protective gear and all this stuff. And they were each holding a sign that said, one said we, the next one can, you know, and finish that sentence. So it was really cool. It's 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 inspiring um, when people that you know, they're listening to their people that inspire them and they're taking it into their careers, into their lives. It's, it's awesome. So I hope that I am bringing some type of inspiration to you guys through this. I can only hope that's really, I mean, that's why I'm here to really spread, spread joy and spread the awareness and especially mental health awareness. That's what this podcast is all about. And I know that during this, you know, we can revert back to our old behaviors and things that we have already thought that we have worked through. You know, all of a sudden we're back to our anxious self and now we're getting into our own ha- old habits and we don't know why. Well, we do know why because we're literally trying to work, deal with children, deal with our families, support our friends during a pandemic. So we need to remember that we're still in this. Okay. So. It's not going to be the same. It's not going to be easy. Um, so just giving that grace to yourself. You deserve it. You know. So if you are quarantining with family or someone else, that can bring on anxiety and stress. You know, as can spending an extended amount of time with anybody. That can lead to that. You know, some people really they need their space to recharge. They need. They need that. That's that's how they do it. They need their alone time. And it's nothing against the person that they're with, but they just need a second for themselves. Okay, so, you know, when, when you're feeling that during this time, there's really no choice because we don't have a privilege of leaving our house and taking a second for ourselves. I mean, it is okay 
to go into a different room for a few hours to gain your peace of mind. It's okay to go for a walk alone, not wanting anybody to join you. It's okay to not want to be around these people all day, all of the time. It's okay to sit in your car, to go for a walk. That's It just means that you need that time for yourself. And if you don't take that for yourself, how can you give it to others? So if you can, if you can, uh, stay in a house with someone all day and not feel irritated on end, then again, send me your tricks. Love to hear them. So I think that this is really where coping skills are coming into place. Um, you know, just really figuring out what we need to do to get us out of those negative feelings. Again, though, if we are having those negative feelings, it's okay to sit with them. It's better to sit with them instead of pushing it to the side. It'll just get bigger if that happens. It's okay to have one of those days that, okay, I don't want to meditate. I don't want to do yoga. I don't want to write in my journal. I don't care. I don't want to talk to anybody. What I want to do is watch Netflix with a bag of, hmm, I don't even know. What would I have in that situation? Maybe like chips and salsa or something, but whatever your favorite... A pizza, who cares? You that's you can do that too. So realize that that's also self-care. You can also have those days when you're, you want to stay in bed all day. You, you need that rest. You know, it's really for yourself. So there's no right or wrong way to do self-care. Just making sure that you are able to get out of bed eventually or you are able to, um, you know, remove yourself from the couch and, you know, start start doing some things that are activating your body and, you know, talking to people again too, so that you're really not totally isolating. Um, so with family, that's one thing. Children is a whole nother thing. So children, I don't have any, but I've been hearing that it can bring another layer of difficulty into the mix. So you know, most parents are trying to keep it together, act like everything is normal for their children. And things are far from it. I mean, it's crazy to think that you, you know, parents are over here, you know, they're having all of these stressors that I'm thinking about. Okay. So everything that we've talked about, you're feeling it, but now you have two kids looking at you asking why you're not, why can't they go to school anymore? You know, so they're, they're feeling that anxiety and it's kind of put on you. And that's a, that's a hard spot to be, um, for a parent. So parents, I commend you, right? I have me, myself and I, that I have to talk down. So that is it. Um, my dog's perfectly happy. So he's kind of out of the equation, but I cannot have, imagine having little ones come up and asking me those questions, you know? So those feelings, I'm sure of sadness and guilt, confusion, that's all normal. It's all normal. So reach out to other parents that are experiencing the same thing for support, you know, understanding and belonging with somebody else. And that support will really go a long way. You know, you're not feeling so alone and so isolated with this feeling. Once you kind of realize that someone else has is feeling the exact same thing that you are. And oh my God, it like, you're not alone. It's kind of crazy. The walls kind of break down. It, it, it feels good. It feels good to connect with somebody, especially in this time when it's hard to connect with people. Reach out, be vulnerable. Nothing wrong with that. It's a big step, but it's, it's a step that will help you grow. You know, so 
with your kids when you're ready to discuss this, just make sure that you're calm and discuss any concerns, correct any misinformation that they may have, you know, because there are, there is news coming from every different media outlet. So I know there's a lot going on. I remember my cousin sent me, oh my God, I'm embarrassed to even say this. So she sent me uh, like a picture of, uh, uh, I think it was like an Instagram post or something. And it said, the federal government is now doing COVID testing um, via your stool. So please send a stool sample to, and then it gave the address of the White House. And I was so like in every direction and so confused that day that I literally wrote back and I was like, wait, so we we do that now? And she's like, hey, are you kidding me? She's like, that's a joke. Like, you need to, like, take a break from the, the media world right now. And it's true, you know? Like, I don't know. I'm known, I have a little bit of a gullible side. So I'm, I'll fall for something easier than the average gal. But, you know, like, if your kids have that, correct that information with them. It may be giving them anxiety about something that's not even true. Um, you know, it, engaging with your kids and family activities, game, movie nights, and um, creating something together. I know that a lot of people are doing puzzles and um, coloring, stuff like that, or use storytelling, you know, um, and always being there to love and to support them. That's something they will always feel. They will always feel that no matter how many coloring books you can get them that will never amount to the amount of love and support that they will feel from you. You know, just your behavior, your nonverbals, how much you're really showing them. That's just priceless. And I, I can, I can say that I know that from that said cousin that told me to send a stool sample to the White House. (laughs) She's an amazing mother and it really, it really shows and how she parents or kids. And I think that I've learned a lot from her. And that's kind of where I'm getting this little plethora of information, this little section about talking to kids during COVID. You know, I think a lot of it um, mirrors what she does. So thanks. Thanks, cuz. Um, and I think that really right now, we were, we don't even realize that our normal life has been ripped away from us, right? So we went from Working one day, I mean, telling, I know for me it was, you're at work, you have a meeting, your supervisor says, okay, get everything, you're working from home tomorrow. The next day you're working from home, it's the first time doing this stuff from home, you're kind of caught up in that chaos, you're talking to everybody about what's going on, it's just so much happening so fast, and we're just all in the, like, the chaos of all of it that I don't even think that we're taking a second to really grieve the old life that we have. Now we're just like, all right, we're adapting to this new normal. We're going to do this. So because we're all so consumed and in crisis mode, we're adjusting to this new normal, trying to make ourselves feel good and, you know, happy every day to not get swallowed up in this like pandemic anxiety and the loss of normal life will swallow us until we get into the routine of our old life, you know? So that's when, when we get into the groove of how things used to be, I think that's when we're going to start grieving the loss of that life. You know, like when we're finally able to go to, oof, I know for me, so that is going, getting, 
getting ready with my girlfriends and then going to dinner and, you know, dancing. When, when I'm in that moment, I know that there's, I'm going to be really happy, but there's also going to be a part of me that's, that's sad. I'm going to be grieving the loss of that. I, I will literally be grieving the loss of something that I'm in the moment of because we didn't have it for so long, you know? So I think that it's really important to practice these self-care techniques and then continue to do them because this is going to be something that is going to need to continue to, you're going to need to continue to take care of yourself because like this isn't going to, we're, we're in phase one. So this, even when this is over, there's still going to be a lot that is trailing behind us, a lot of feelings that we're going to still be dealing with. So really, even though it will go back to normal, still keeping your self-care there for yourself. You know, you'll have you'll have that pattern embedded in you. And, you know, hopefully by then you'll be a pro. So, um, yeah, just keep them a, a healthy part of your life. So I'm going to mention Jen Sincero. So she is the author of You Are a Badass. If you haven't read that book, read it. Read it immediately. Uh, it truly changed my thought process. I did not think I was a badass. I was, you know, I was the complete opposite of a badass. I couldn't do anything. I was never... I was never good enough for anything, you know, and then this book really, it really changed me. So um, shout out to Jen Sincero, but something that she says is that habits create the foundations of our lives. So whatever you're in the habit of thinking, believing, and doing, that will determine the reality that you experience. So Becoming aware of and getting control over your habits is one of the most important things that you can do when it comes to changing your life. Procrastinating, being on time, eating well, indecision, being grouchy, staying broke, being successful, having crappy relationships are all habits. We carry out our behaviors on autopilot and then unconsciously accept them and that's just the way that things are. Jen says that when it comes to these habits and making when it comes to these habits that are making your life miserable, all you have to do is wake up to the fact that they're merely habits. So you can change them. You literally can change them. The same goes for creating new habits. Just go for it. One tiny habit at a time. So for example, a tiny habit can be formed by adding something to your daily routine, something that you always do. So I know that I'm sure a majority of you guys wake up and you do the same five things in a row. So you wake up, you go to the bathroom, you brush your teeth, you floss, you take your dog for a walk, you make your coffee, you, you know, whatever, I'm, whatever you're doing. Um, if you just add something in, so there, there is actually a, uh, like a course called the Tiny Habits course, which I have taken before and it pretty much is telling you to add in one small thing to your routine. So back to the example of brushing your teeth. So say that you you want to floss more, okay? So you're brushing your teeth, but you you never floss. Put the floss right next to your toothbrush. So you're brushing your teeth. It's right there immediately after you're reaching for that floss, okay? That's a very small example. If we're trying to develop a new self-care habit, Figure out what time of day would be good for you to implement it. So, I mean, if you want to do 20 minutes of meditation every day, find out what part of your day would work for you, you know, depending on your schedule and stuff. Um, 
I'm trying to do it first thing in the morning, which is working somewhat. Sometimes it's later in the day, like today was at 7 o'clock p.m. Um, But so, you know, kind of, okay, you're going to make your tea. And while you're making your tea, while you're waiting for the pot to boil, you're going to go in the room and you're going to do you're going to do your meditation, then you're going to come back out. So connecting one habit to something that you already do, that's how it's going to form. All right. So um, it's really, really transformative. I I know that it's worked for me. I know that it's worked for a bunch of people. Um, If you do want to learn more about tiny habits, I will link that um, down below in my blog. So um, my blog, as a reminder, is here for it, um, and I will also be able to get you guys to listen to some other episodes that I had over there, so um, check it out and support me. Um, it would be very, very awesome to have that from you guys, so whew, deep breath. That is, that's really it for this episode today. That's all that I wanted to talk about. I hope that you enjoyed it. And, um, you know, this, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. That's about something that's not really enjoyable. Um, so continue to be safe, be smart and be kind to others. And, um, yeah, signing off. Thank you guys.